Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Nightline Podcast, your source for UCF football and former UCF player information. Welcome, Night fans. This is episode number two of the Nightline podcast, and I'm Andrew Fegley. And at the 1148 Studios here, sitting next to me, as always, to my left is... Troy Andrzak. He lets me say it because my name is difficult. I can never say it right. I, I, I say it wrong every time. I, I just say Troy. Hey, Troy. I don't say, hey, you know, anything else. You know, oddly so, enough, I respond to that. Yeah, it's all good. So... Anyway, with that, um, welcome back again. Uh, I thank the people that have listened and, and made some nice positive comments on social media and things like that. We greatly appreciate that, and we hope that more people will comment and send questions for us. So to start out, I guess we're going to take a question, and our question is from Kurt Searcy this week. He says, with the top four pass catchers coming back to UCF, do you think that UCF will go to more of a pass-oriented offense or lean on William Stanbeck and the running game? Troy? That's a difficult question to answer sometimes. With a younger quarterback, we want to support him with the running game. George O'Leary, whether you're a young quarterback or you're a senior, he supports you with the running game. Sometimes I forget we have a quarterback and thinks we think we run a option offense. So are we going to go to more pass-oriented offense regardless of the quarterback? That answer just may be no. I do not see many changes with our offense. I see some changes with some of the deep ball. We're not going to use that as often. I don't think any of the young guys yet are as accurate on the deep ball as Blake was. But I do see us going to screens and slants. The four top receivers coming back that he was talking about was Rennell Hall, J.J. Wharton, Rashad Perryman, and Justin Tukes. Justin Tukes being our, our tight end. Those That's a lot of experience and a lot of talent to really take the pressure off whoever our quarterback is because right now we still don't know. You know, you get the timing down for the young quarterback. You get the ball out of the hand into a screen, into a slant pattern. You get him comfortable in the pocket. You get him comfortable in rhythm. That's very important important in any quarterback I'm not talking just a young quarterback and be able to get them in rhythm comfortable with the speed of the game and the speed of the game is the biggest change from high school to college and from college to the pros is how people adapt and if you can make that easier by utilizing your run game because we need to we're utilizing the talent you have in your skill positions 
that makes everything easier for transition for a young quarterback. And then speaking on the running game, we're definitely going to rely on our running game, as we always do. But we have questions about Stanback's durability, both physically and mentally. Physically, because, you know, he wasn't holding the load or carrying the load last season. And mentally, is can you take that much abuse? Can you take that many hits in the season? Granted, he delivers almost as many hits as he takes, which is the highlight reels. And you see on the message boards, the gifts everyone has. is Stanback running over. I'm sure you guys know his name. I do not. That poor defensive back. Don't get in his way. <laughs> From Rutgers last year. That, that was a brilliant play. But, you know, over the course of a season, you take a lot of those hits. And, you know, if you're not able to produce, that could wear down mentally on a kid, you know. He won't make the right reads, won't make the right cuts. You know, how can he take it? Fortunately for us, as George really touched on, during the spring practices, a uh, young kid out of, I believe, Buford, Georgia, forgive me. I, I like how we're recruiting Georgia, but getting back on pace here. Don He's Trady's a 5'10", 212-pound listed on the roster. Oh. Sophomore running back. Don Travis Wilson is? Yes. That is a battering ram, as Stanback is. And it's really good that we're able to have, and that's not a change of pace because they both run the same style, but be able to take some of the, the physical load off the stand back and be able to support uh, whoever the quarterback is that comes in to help them make that transition. So, Kurt, I don't know if I answered your question. I don't see a lot of changes, pass calls versus running plays. I just see changes on how we utilize both. Uh Maybe a few more draws to take the pressure off. A few more screens. Not so many longer developing plays. Not so many deep balls. Though we need to because we need to open up space for both the passing game and the running game. It's Like I said, the percentages won't be that much of a difference. It'll be just how we run those plays. George O'Leary and Charlie Taff always, always, always will play a ball control offense. That is the most important part is ball control. They will always get it to whoever will make the plays, whether it be Stanbeck or J.J. Warden or whoever. The thing is that I worry about, and I think a lot of Knight fans are worried about it, the loss of Blake Bortles. He was, you know, something that comes along very, very rarely in college football, more so the Knights, I think we we you know back when we had uh, Dante. Dante, <laughs> excuse me, Dante, I forgot. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's it's been a while since we had somebody like that that is very very difficult to replace. Um, I think we can replace him. Obviously, um, I think that it's just going to take a little bit of time to get. The new players, the new quarterbacks, especially, you know, into the game and playing at their top potential. So I think personally we will rely or lean, as Kurt said, on William Stanback and the rest of the running backs quite a bit until we get the quarterbacks functioning at their full potential. You know, every team faces this, you know, and as a program, you're going to, we got to get over the breakup. Blake Bortles was that beautiful cheerleader in high school that you guys went to different colleges and it just never worked out. We got to get over Blake. Very thankful he was part of the this program and helped build us up. But we need to move on as as a fan base and as a program. And we will. And we have some talented young quarterbacks on our roster. And I believe this is a good time to touch on them. 
little bit of news about Blake Bortles before we we go on to the to the new quarterbacks. Um, Ryan O'Halloran from the Florida Times Union was talking about Blake this week and Chad Henney. He says that Henney obviously is the no doubt starter unless he gets uh, injured in training camp, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but then he says he goes on and he says that uh, Blake Bortles could be the starter by week eight against the Miami Dolphins. But then he goes on further and says possibly also after the week 12 bye week. Um, I think that that would be good and bad all at the same time. Of course, we want to see Blake play. We also want to see Blake sit back and absorb as much as he possibly can. Pete Carroll has found brilliant success at USC in Seattle. With He brought young guys in and said the best player starts. How big was that for his recruiting? That It didn't matter if you had established people like Chad Henney. Whoever was the best player starts. So if Chad Henney is the better player than Blake, by all means he should start. Absolutely. By week 8, by week 12, it doesn't matter. I I know you're a big fan of Blake and, and we want to see him play. Um, I think it's fantastic that people actually want to see the Jaguars play because that hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> in, in, in a long time. <laughs> Mr. O'Halloran, which I, I like how you got his name right, but can't say mine and you've known me for years. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> you're welcome. I don't know where he is on I this. I practiced his name, by the way. Well, oh, good Lord. <laughs> wherever he's getting his information from whatever it takes to get Blake on the on the field at the right time is the right time so whether it's week 8, week 12 they, they're they not going to make this like it was with Tim Tebow as a marketing fashion they're going to put it as the success for the, for the franchise and for their franchise quarterback actually I, I want to make a ground rule right now we never say that name ever again in this podcast what name is that? The one you just said that starts with a T and ends with a, a bow. A bow. Yeah, we, <laughs> we don't say that ever again. But starting on this, ESPN did a informal, but I kind of liked it. Um, how can I say this? They did an article where they, they polled a bunch of you know player personnel directors, former players, defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, head coaches, and they ranked the 32 quarterbacks in the league, and they had it in five tiers. They only ranked the 32 quarterbacks in four tiers because Tier 5 were backups. And Chad Henney was in Tier 4. And they mentioned that, you know, he would be Tier 5 as a backup. And they loved him as a backup. Him and Brian Hoyer. That, you know, you want these guys behind your starters. But you don't want them as a starter because they lack consistency. So there is a chance if Chad Henney ends up being Chad Henney. And I had big hopes for him when he was with Miami because I grew up as a Miami fan and you know, I hope the guy has a successful career and that if Blake comes onto the field, you know, the play is not because, of, you know, Chad was injured with a lacerated spleen or he was attacked by a rabid dolphin out there in, in Jacksonville. But whatever it is, Blake will get on the field. Or a Jaguar. <laughs> we have Florida Panthers here. That's right. Why do they get... Oh, yeah, yeah. Moving on, moving on. Moving on. Um, so, I guess we'll talk about the... Yes. New quarterbacks on our roster. 
That's where we were moving on to. That's what we were moving on to in the first place. Um, a guy I really want to see, and I didn't make it to the spring game this year, but I will be attending some of the practices in the fall here religiously, hopefully. Um, I really want to see Tyler Harris. I saw a lot of his highlights. I they're they're on YouTube. They're on Rivals. They're they're all over the place. That kid has a heck of an arm. Now he was in the shotgun the entire time in his high school system. So we'll have to see what he does under center. He's a specimen for sure physically. Um, at six four, two hundred and eighteen pounds. I mean, he looks a little bit bigger than that, I think. Uh, and I'm sure that he'll O'Leary will have him put on a little bit of bulk as well. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing him. We saw Justin Holman maybe three or four times last year. At the most, I think. And, you know, I, I believe he had a, a touchdown, maybe two in that time. I, I can't remember to be honest with you, the stats. Um, but he did a good job in that role. His, his, his role wasn't bad. I, you were the one who introduced me to to Tyler Harrison, obviously not personally via YouTube. I also thought we should recruited all of his wide receivers. They ran great routes. They made great adjustments Absolutely. in the air. They great were catches. really, really good for him. But he put the ball in good spots. He put the ball with back shoulder when he needed to be. Obviously, these are highlights. We're not going to see many of his deficiencies, but they were long highlights. Uh, he has good arm strength, good pocket presence. He made good reads. They they did, you know, touch on a lot of the, the good things and the foundations that we need with a young quarterback. And with how good he looked, I'm really glad that he hasn't been named starter yet because that really says something about the progression of Justin Holman or Pete DeNovo possibly Nick Patty, who no one's really seen much of since since high school. I heard that he was on the sidelines before he could actually, you know, get in there and, and or was in the stands. He was there watching. Well, he, he was there so. watching, but our, we haven't had time to actually work with him in practice yet. The and coaches and stuff haven't yes. been able to, to work with him. But I, Officially. So Tyler Harris is going forward a very exciting prospect. Someone who I think can step into the role, but like I was touching on, if he's at this moment not ready, that actually speaks high higher of, of who I believe will be will be Justin Holman. Nick touching on him via social media. I haven't been too impressed with his Nickapalooza with you know a lot of his selfies. Seems he left Boise State. You know, you you've given me a few anecdotes about his ability to party off of balconies. Yeah. Supposedly there was a thing where last year in Hawaii where his Boise State team went to the Hawaii Bowl or Holoa Bowl, maybe it is still. And supposedly he urinated off the balcony, but blamed it on somebody else. And they never actually found out who did it, but then he was suspended along with another player from the Boise State team, and then all of a sudden he transferred to UCF. He transferred to UCF, got, was able to, to play via an anxiety disorder from living in Idaho. Right. Li- living in Idaho would, Idaho would make me anxious, too. Yeah, I've been there. It's, it's not... I mean, I'm sure it's beautiful, but when Napoleon Dynamite's the only thing 
of noteworthiness in the past quarter, half, century. I don't know. I would have issues going to Do Idaho. not forget about potatoes, though. Idaho potatoes. Yeah, I know. They're in Five Guys. They say which... They have the Idaho potato bowl, I believe, even. Good. And it's on that blue field. <laughs> moving moving to guys like Pete DeNova, who we've been able to to read, and we neither one of us have attendance being spring practices, and that will change. And we apologize for not giving you totally firsthand stuff. Pete's been a little more accurate, lacks the, the arm strength, but knows seems to know the playbook, playbook pretty well. Actually... Did you see the, the uh, I think it was on his Twitter, Pete DeNovo's? I don't follow Pete on Twitter, I'm sorry. He, uh, he was throwing, I guess it was at a high school field someplace, but he threw into like a, a 50-gallon trash can, and it was from pretty good distance. And then he, he threw a couple times, and he hit each side of the goal post. You know, from from forty yards or whatever away, so he he definitely has some accuracy. I I just I want to see that on the field. I I really don't want to see it on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or whatever. But accuracy's big. George O'Leary does not even know what those things are. In fact, as I said last time, he had the great the best quote of the entire uh, fan fest thing. He said, "YouTube, what's that?" Or something like which, that. Which makes know. me wonder how we what recruited, is YouTube? How we recruited Tyler? But if, I would hope that these guys would use social media a little bit more to do I'm, their recruiting. I'm sure. And I think George should look into that because of you know people like uh, how we get Nick Patty, you know, doing stupid stuff on there. So. I'm sure he had a ton of fun in Nickapalooza. Yeah. But but for Pete, if he is accurate, having the experience we have at wide receiver right now. It would behoove him, you know, to really work with these guys. And if he was a starter, feel comfortable getting the ball into their hands, accurately not making turnovers, which is what we need. Chad Pennington had a really good career as a quarterback with not a very strong arm. He made it to the pros. You know, he wasn't didn't win any Super Bowls. but Well, Blake's arm was not horribly, horribly strong. Mm-mm. But, you know, Justin Holman does have a strong arm. As we were talking about a little bit earlier, he reminds me of former UCF quarterback Stephen Moffitt. You know, Moffitt came out of Winter Park. No relation to our kicker, Sean Moffitt. Steven just never settled in as a George O'Leary quarterback. But he also wasn't, you know, part of O'Leary's system then. I believe he was brought in by Kruzchek. Holman is a George O'Leary quarterback. You know, he's a little more ingrained into the system. Does have a strong arm. Can make those deeper throws to really create space to, you know, so we don't have the front seven, you know, your defensive line and your linebackers, uh, clog up the running lanes. You create space. You know, for our running game and and for your wide receivers, I'm as I think about it more and more, I'm a little higher on Holman than I have been. And but with that, we also have another young quarterback who we'll touch on later, who we've gotten as a verbal commitment so far to our draft class, and he reminds me of Tyler already. Bo Schneider and people, you know, I guess in this article they ask him and was saying that he was, you know. Uh, they were going to compare him to Blake immediately. Um, he's six foot four, two hundred and seventeen pounds. He threw for uh, thirty one hundred and eighty five yards and thirty one touchdowns last season as a junior. He picked the Knights uh, over offers from Houston, Tulsa, Colorado State, Oregon State, and Southern Miss, and probably quite a few more. Um, 
he is from Texas. Texas breeds a lot of good football players. Um, well, the perfect segue. He'll have more offers. Usually earlier in the recruiting process, you get some of the smaller teams. And, and once the bigger programs, you know, they have certain targets. And they work down their board. And say someone switches to another commitment, you know, they don't get some of the guys in looking at these lower guys who they didn't recruit heavy enough. And I guarantee you, Bo Schneider will will get several more offers before signing day comes. And to throw back a little bit, Schneider, Ryan Schneider, was a very good quarterback for UCF. Culpepper, Schneider, Bortles. Those have been our guys. I like the name, you know, the, the tie line into that. But speaking of Texas prospects, now... You get a lot of these guys in different states that they seem to come out of nowhere. Football is such a religion in Texas that you have these kids from a young age who end up being, out of high school, more polished prospects don't have the same ceiling sometimes, not always. So they have a chance to start earlier, be able to contribute to the team, could start off good, but they don't completely develop. Now, obviously, I don't know Bo's makeup or haven't seen enough of them, and I will definitely follow via uh, YouTube and other social media to see how he progresses his senior year, if that's a possibility, because that is sometimes that does happen to Texas prospects, is that they come in and they've already hit their ceiling, and they just don't progress along with the program. Hopefully that won't be Bo's case. Hopefully him and Tyler will be competing and pushing each other, just like uh, Blake and Jeff did. And it's a win-win for the program. I believe so. He uh, he's, he seems to be excited about coming to UCF. I think that I personally think that he will will actually make it here. Um, why wouldn't you want to come here? Not- I don't see why he wouldn't want to come here. I mean, I I know that there's offers. You know, I'm sure there will be those late offers and things like that, which there are for a lot of people, but. He seemed to be very happy. Um, we could touch on it. He says he's extremely happy with UCF. I'm not even going to talk to anyone else, he says. I know this is my final decision, and I'm very excited. So I hope that that comes through. He uh, Last year, I guess he completed 208 of 348 passes and only threw nine interceptions. He guided his team, which was Jesuit, by the way, to nine and four, their most successful season. And they went to the, went deep into the state playoffs. They didn't, didn't win the state playoffs, but they, uh, it's a school of, of 1200 students, you know, so it's, it's a fairly large school there. And imagine what will happen to him when he's surrounded by the talent that we have at UCF. Imagine what will happen to him when he's in the middle of the dungeon and, Feels the roar of all the night fans. <laughs> and He will grow. It will be awesome. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for us. And moving down this, we have five commits to our current recruiting class for this 2015. And we'll touch on the 2014 class shortly. The one guy who's really got two guys, actually, that I, I really hope they stay with us is linebacker Neil Nelson out of New Jersey. Watching tape on him, he is a strong kid. Strong hands. He's shown that playing tight end. He really goes up, meets the ball at its highest point. Uh, 
They'll be able to hold on strong with defensive backs. I mean, he's just bigger than the defensive backs. The kid's, you know, 6'1 or so, 225 pounds. He's a linebacker. And as a linebacker, he's patient. He looked like he was able to read the blocks coming for him. Went north-south really fast when he latched onto a ball carrier. Attacked the hips. Wouldn't give him leg drive. Brought them down pretty quick. Was very strong. Used good leverage. Everything you want to see from a young tackler. Even had pretty good speed going east-west, so he was able to cover sideline to sideline. Granted, New Jersey, and especially the district he's in, isn't known for a lot of talent. So coming into his senior year, we're going to see how he plays, how he progresses. But a linebacker backing core that we have that needs some continuity, needs once Terrence leaves, we we need a, a leadership linebacker. And I don't know what type of leadership he provides, but the type of player he is is the type of player this program needs. The other one is Cameron Stewart out of Georgia. And I'm really liking our recruiting out of Georgia. We were watching a bit of tape on him earlier. It I like his tape. I mean, not the greatest routes that he's running, but you know he's he's not playing with a with a incredible quarterback there. He has to come back to the ball quite a bit. He has to, you know, he beats his receiver, and, and then he has to kind of sit there and wait for him. But he catches the ball with his hands. He gets it into his body, you know, and, and makes the play. And once um, again, these are our highlights, so we're going right, to see the best plays. Right. You're not going to have a highlight of a guy fumbling a bunch but, of times. But I like how they touched on blocking, you know, for screenplays, for running, for you want to you want to play all three downs, you need to block. He did definitely have some good blocks in there. If you can find his uh, tape on YouTube or something like that. YouTube or, or Rivals Yahoo. Yeah. it's it. The kid has talent. Now, he recently said he's 85% committed to UCF. Once again, it's one of those situations where a school like UCF who finds diamonds in the rough, which is why we've had success. Now Georgia and Georgia Tech says, well, you know, UCF has done brilliant with these non-rated recruiting classes, and we see that they're starting to take kids from our state and having success, a la Bruce Miller and several others. What's this kid all about? So now Georgia Tech and Georgia's come calling, and you're a Georgia kid. You grow up either North Georgia and you got Georgia Tech or the rest of Georgia and you got red and black. So he's, you know, as a kid, you want to be able to appreciate your recruiting process because you're the king of the situation. And then when you get to, when you get into college, you're no longer the king of the situation. You're a freshman. You're you're carrying water, buckets, pads. You're doing everything that the older, bigger guys want you to do. So I don't blame him for enjoying the process, but I believe because I'm, I'm optimistic that he, he too is coming to UCF. I hope that all the kids that, that committed, uh, they use the word commit. I hope that, that all the kids come, but you know, some don't, I guess. And that's disappointing. Uh, two people that have been here for a little while though, um, that are making a little bit of waves with the preseason, um, awards and and you know being called out for stuff like the watch that. list the watch lists senior linebacker terrence Plummer and clayton gethers uh were named to the college football performance awards list for their positions that's exciting um these are two very explosive players very exciting players and have done an absolute wonderful job Plummer finished this past season as the defensive MVP of the Fiesta Bowl and led UCF with 
110 tackles during the regular season. He tackles everything. He has really come on in the last, I guess, the last two years. Um, just an unbelievable turnaround, I guess, from where he was. I'm not saying that, that he was a bad player. I just didn't see him much. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of years, and, and he used to get in quite a bit of, he would get under O'Leary's skin, definitely. Um, and O'Leary would would yell at him and take him off the field and, and make him watch a couple, you know, plays and then put him back in there, and it, it always would turn out for the better. Well, he was a kid. He was a young man. you got to learn somehow. You do. And unfortunately, as guys, we pretty much learn by screwing up. We do. Um, Clayton Gathers, on the other hand, also 286 total tackles during his career at UCF, including four forced fumbles. Gathers was one of 42 college football players to be on the defensive backs list, while Plummer was one of 40 linebackers named on the watch list for the linebackers. We need those two as leaders, as, as they both are leaders. And they clearly are. Clearly. And it's good that they're getting recognition for what they've done and what they will do. We desperately need Terrence on the field for the linebacker situation. We'll touch on that at another time. Same with Clayton. But, uh, these are two good young men, two good football players, and uh, definitely with a good chance for pro careers. And hopefully they get a little hardware to go along with what they've already accomplished. Some other uh, former player news here. Uh, last week, Latavius Murray was talking with the media a little bit, and they were asking you know, him what he's looking forward to. Everything that I've read, he's picked to be one of the the definite big players for um, the Raiders this year. Uh, he's behind two good running backs, for sure. Two good running backs. Listen, Maurice Jones-Drew, he carried that franchise for years. He did. Figuratively. And he doesn't have to do that here. And literally. So he's a little worn. I mean, he has huge legs. You ever see him? He looks like a gymnast. Yeah. But And McFadden, he's behind there, too. But both guys are worn down. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say Latavius is fresh, though he is. He's coming off a few different injuries through his career. He's a big kid. Um, he's a good running back, as we saw, who has bigger, higher end speed, forgive me, than what is anticipated from someone his size. Oakland, you know, I, I don't want to say I feel bad for him playing there. It's such a dysfunctional franchise. I feel franchise. bad for him playing there because I'm a Kansas he's playing, City Chiefs fan. And which I, is I'm funny. A Raider hater, officially. He's wearing a Kansas Jayhawks shirt and UCF colors. So he's he's in two, two I, mindsets right I've, now. I've got a couple different things going on here. Um, the fact that he had to sit out a whole year, he says that he was able to learn from it. Um, he said mentally still being able to, to be in the meeting room and watch film with those guys I think is going to help me out tremendously. He also said when you see those guys walk out that tunnel, you know the feeling that they're having because I've had it before. You miss that feeling. He said uh, when they're out there, you wish you were out there grinding it out with them, so it'll be fun to have that back and to be out there with them. He's ready to play. He says his goal is to become the best running back that he can be. And the best player well, that he I can be so. for the team. Um, and to get there out there every day. So Motivation and maturation with a bit of skill. 
can can take Latavius pretty good. You know, Kevin Smith was our best running back we've ever had. Please forgive me, back in the early 90s, I was a young man. I don't remember who, we had another young guy who was pretty good who was drafted. Neither one of them had great careers in the NFL. I hope I hope Latavius, you know, has some durability and is able to, to really carve something out for himself there. Speaking of former players, but aren't quite former players, and with Georgia ties, I know all this doesn't make sense. Jordan Atkins played minor league ball. He's big. He put I, on some I can't muscle. Wait to, I can't wait to see what he can do. I remember reading up when, when he first signed or committed to UCF. He sat there in the gymnasium at his high school. It's all got black and red. It's Georgia this, Georgia that. There's only a Georgia hat sitting on the table. You know, the whole little, they like to put the hat on for where they're going. Whole school's gathered. Everyone's going around. He's about to announce who he's going to. He pulls out this black and gold, not Georgia Tech, but UCF hat and puts it on. People are dumbfounded. Who's UCF? Where is this kid going? It was a coup of a recruit back then. Gets lured away with a bit of money. Go play minor league baseball. With and he's coming in like a freshman into a deep receiving core. Yeah, but he's a grown man. He is, and I think that that's going to be great for him. I think it's going to be great for us because he is definitely a big target. I think that he can add to it. Now, <clears throat> hopefully, he can hit a he can take a hit after playing baseball. You know, you haven't been plucked by ninety five mile per hour fastball. I have. It hurts like hell. Not by ninety five, but you know. Maybe a, a little less than But that. it doesn't happen as much it, as it... It does. It does hurt. As you get hit in, in football, obviously. I hope he works out. It's almost like having a new recruit come in. It is. And, and he's still got four years left, and he's 20, 20 or 22, I thought. Maybe 22. 22. So he's, you know... But we have to see how he transitioned to an entirely different sport. He still has a, his athleticism. How is he going to have game speed? Right. All that will be worked out. Uh, just adds depth to an incredibly deep receiving core. You know, injuries happen. You don't know if you have to deal with him, but you know, we have him and Joshua Reese and stuff in the back. It's and we will touch on the wide receivers later on. Yeah, you know, I think we're almost running out of time again. I thank you for joining us one more time on the UCF Nightline podcast. You can reach us at Nightline Podcast at CFL. Dot rr.com please send us your questions you can see us on youtube well not see us because you don't want to see a, us it, you don't want to see us and it's an audio podcast but it is on youtube at nightline podcast on youtube also on facebook look us up please send us your questions and your comments this is andrew fegley this is troy Andrzej. thank you very much to kurt for sending him his question absolutely we look forward to hearing from the rest of you all right we will see you in two weeks until the season starts after the season starts we will be weekly so in two weeks we'll see you take it easy thank you very much for listening Tonight our nights will shine.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.